Welcome back to BTW, a podcast about the psychological effects of the internet on the developing child brain. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing my cousin, Carrie. She is a principal in a lower-income city near where I grew up. I interviewed her because I wanted to hear her perspective and her view on how the internet has shaped education for the children in her school. Do you mind introducing yourself and what you do in your experience with children and the internet? Sure. So um, I'm Carrie Allen, and I'm a principal of an elementary school in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it's um, it's a high-needs school. It's considered a turnaround school. Um, so it's high needs, and we've um, so we've been working really hard over the past few years of uh, turning it around academically in the social emotional domain too. Um, so uh, so it's a good situation. And um, I've been a principal, I don't know, for about 100 years. I was realizing the other day, it's 2001, I realized I became a principal. So I've been doing it for a bit. And um, so my experience with kids with the internet, of course, obviously has changed. Uh, So I don't know if that's part of your studies or anything. Um, So the way that we're looking at it now, obviously, is very different because of closure. Yeah. Um, And now hybrid, you know. Um, So, so... I think, well, I think everyone's looking at it pretty differently now. So prior, kids with the internet was, prior to closure, it was more about safety. Yeah. Um, Kids, you know, especially in the elementary, getting to understand, you know, the reality of the internet and what it can and can't be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, with closure, it's just became life, you know, so. Yeah. I think that's. Well, you touched on a few questions I had prepared. One thing I'd seen in a lot of my research was a lot of this idea of safety. Like, I think a huge apprehension with people and, like, children using the Internet is them accessing information that they, like, shouldn't be seeing, stuff like that. Um, But in terms of, like, use in the classroom prior to COVID, um, how did you guys utilize it? Um, Do you see a difference in their behavior whether socially or cognitively? Um, I think for instructional purposes, you know, um, I, maybe more specifically for this school because it's a turnaround school. And so the practices that we emphasized um, through all the professional development for, for just about close to four years really was more about also back to the basic movement of... Um, you know, literacy and, you know, the frameworks of a, uh, a strong literacy um, program mm-hmm. um, as well as mathematics. So we, it really was not about, uh, there were bits and pieces sprinkled in, I think, in terms of the use okay. of the internet, but it was, it definitively was not, it was not part of our turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just in regards to utilizing the internet for instructional purposes, um, I think maybe more for the intermediate grades, whether it was the research, stuff like that, but it definitively was not anything that we, um, you know, it wasn't a focal point for us at all. Got it. And and you think that's because of more like the school that you're aim that you work in, like versus say like my elementary school experience, something like that. Yeah. It's not even, I mean, you know, and again, because you, you know, obviously because you know the story right. you know, of what happened there, but it was, you know, the school itself was, you know, obviously not just underperforming, but it was, you know, in a state of chaos, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
when 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 I first got there. So yeah, so I, I'm sure of that. Um, there's not a question in my mind that the, the emphasis or the structure of the school day or the the value or the devaluing of the internet is definitively different um, at that school than it, I'm sure that it would be right. for a school that was on its feet. Right. So it's like um, in your scenario, it's more of like, all right, we got to figure this baseline stuff out first. The internet and like using it in our classroom is more of an afterthought. Absolutely. Yeah. But now obviously everything's really different. So it, the game is completely changed essentially. Can you tell a little bit more about, well, I guess you've already touched on sort of your school scenario and the district environment. Um, but can you explain some of the challenges you faced in moving your education remote? I know I've heard a lot of, about it, but moving to you talking about the full remote yeah like going from in person to yeah fully closed and then working your way out of it essentially yeah I mean I you know I'm really looking forward to sort of I write a lot of things down in like these little you know journals like all my note taking I'm really looking forward to sort of going back and looking to see like how did we even survive the situation yeah the the COVID Um, chapter in your memoir yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm not sure which half of that would fall, and I have to figure that one out. I have to run that by you guys. Yeah. Um, I don't even know, Abby, like where to even begin to talk about it. And I think, right. you know, obviously talking with me is very, very different than, like you had said, you know, other people's experience mm-hmm. just with the use of technology, not to mention, you know, the inter- what all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the reality of the challenges and the obstacles that were faced in I would probably say in, you know, districts that struggle the most, whether they're urban or rural, what doesn't, you know, yeah. um, you know, getting, getting the resources into kids' hands, um, obviously was, the, you know, an adequate resources, um, so that they could fully engage in learning at home was, you know, was the first two months of the, 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 the planning and the prep and the movement mm-hmm. forward, because we couldn't even begin trying to figure things out until the kids were intact um, right. with, with, the, with the materials that they needed, the tools. Um, and then obviously, too, once that was occurring and simultaneously then obviously working with teachers to begin trying to understand how it was going to even look. Right. Um, you know, how long um, – it wasn't just the planning and how does the – how do you utilize technology for instruction solely just for instructional purposes? But it became more than that because we started finding that the engagement and the participation of kids became literally almost the biggest obstacle. Once they Mm -hmm. have the tools in their hands, getting them to, to participate has been torturous uh, for the entire year. Um, Yeah. So that's been a, you know, a, a, a strong challenge. And now we're moving, you know, we kind of survived that. And now we, mo- you know, we moved, I think it was March 29th into a hybrid kind of model. Mm, yep. So um, kids come, you know, two days a week, you know, um, either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday. But, but also families still have the option of staying remote. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teachers are having to manage that. Now that there's this hybrid option, a lot of people are choosing not to go into school because these people are working essential jobs and they can't risk getting exposed and then 
they can't go to school. It's like everything, it all, it all overlaps. So then like, are a lot of kids back? Like, are they still online? Yeah. So it's like, well, so with the, with this hybrid model, um, I, I, you know, I mean, we did a lot of, a lot of calling, a lot of direct communication with families to try to explain, you know, what, what we were doing and the safety protocols and, what this could look like and you know the more that we were explaining it and holding parent forums and they and and once it kind of started the kids at home would see their peers right in the classroom and they were like well I want to be in school you know and so we were slowly able to originally there was like a deadline like that's it you know once you decide but we were able to continuously add kids uh, mostly because the majority of kids walk to neighborhood schools so they didn't have to worry about transportation with the buses and that was holding everything yeah so we were slowly increasing now we're may 3rd we're going full five oh. days a week and we've increased it now to about 70 percent of the families have opted to come back wow. um they because they still have the option to stay remote um but about i think it's like about 70 percent now you know You hit on so many good points, Abby, because what really stinks about the whole situation is what I found in almost, I'd say, 97% of the families that I talked to, their concerns about why they don't want to return are realistic and they're genuine, Mm -hmm. but but they're super unfortunate because, like you said, um, you know, they don't have access to the back, you know, to the vaccines right away. They have elderly, you know, they, the, the living conditions are close. Yeah, they right? live with elderly they people. Or, yeah, absolutely. You know, they have multi generational, you know, situations going on. Um, a lot of them, obviously, you know, um, have, um, you know, health health risks. Mm-hmm. You know, that that a lot of asthma, and you know, it's just so much the the. The variables are so different than in other situations. Totally. So when we talk to these families, they, they, they can't... They, they, they can't afford they the risk. Yeah. They can't afford, right. Yeah. They can't afford to risk it. And they, I think they've lost faith, too. And, and a lot of them are going, geez, you know, by the time this rolls around, the year's going to be over. Right. Like, when my kid's doing okay, let me just leave it alone. Right. And you can't, you know, it's, like, it's hard to argue. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, like... Obviously, over the past, how long have you worked at your new school now? It must be like what three years. It was like two thousand, like two the two thousand seventeen. Okay, so so four years. So yeah. you guys were just like starting to hit your stride, right? So how do you feel in the long term? This is gonna affect like this gap. Obviously, your scenario is completely different. So. The first two months, you're trying to figure out so every kid has a computer, which in many other school districts wouldn't even be a problem, right? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then, so you lose two months there, then you're working against participation, and then in this scenario, kids are struggling to come back, not because they don't want to, but because, like we said, they can't afford to. Like, in the long term, how do you think this is going to affect learning and the gap that was already there, like... So, what we... There's, you know, trying to lead a school through this has been, you know, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, right? And so, one of the things that I... And I truly believe this, and I, I generally do, is that the school... We were so intact 
you know, this school year was supposed to be our rocket ride. Like, we were seeing the increase immediately, like, in the academic achievement, but it was, like, really super slow movement. And, you know, by, you know, you figure a turnaround, I don't care what anyone says, you know, is a good five to seven year process. So, you know, this year was, was, I mean, we were, last year we were seeing it, and we were so intact and so ready to go. Um, that it was almost like I said to teachers, I feel bad about saying it because I know it's not about me, but I, I felt like I was punched in the stomach, like, mm-hmm. you know, all this hard work. And I wanted the teachers to know that too. Like, if you feel that way, that's okay. You know, you've worked hard and it, it is hurtful that this happened. And I know it's all about the kids because, right. because we, but we want to show them what they were about to do. And that opportunity was pulled away from us, right? Right. But that school was so intact, Abby, and so strong, and the teachers are of such quality that I'm, and I told the teachers this, and the quality of instruction that they've given this year, which I don't even know how they've managed to do this thing, is that when next year rolls around, and it's going to take a lot of planning over the summer, mm-hmm. so we're, we're really thinking out of the box already about some, you know, really out of the box. Right, I'm sure and, you are. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. So for me... And I explained this to the teachers. I said, I am 100% confident that the gaps that did obviously expand on us, mm-hmm. that those gaps will be extinguished, if you know, reduced and or extinguished very quickly. Because the kids were already demonstrating, even when they, during remote, when you would listen to the, their responses and talking, because, you know, obviously... Remote learning is all about the dialogue, right? Because their right. production was almost non-existent. They're not going to write. They're not going. They're they're not going to produce the way that they used to. But when you would listen, you know, to the kids and the, their language development and their understanding of what you know, text and to, you know, all the stuff that the teachers were doing, it's almost like they had missed a beat. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like you're listening to them going, I. Oh, you know, like, this is, a, I can't believe that, right. that, you know, like, this is amazing. So I think, I think the gaps are going to occur. Not, no question in the writing. Mm-hmm. There's not even a question about that. Um, you know, composition, all that, 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 that's going to be a major, major yeah. point for us next year. And the primary grades are the ones that suffered the most. So the right. kindergarten, first grade, I mean, um, you know, they, they, you know, they're, that's where that model has to be really, really creative, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of what we've talked about in this class, I mean, obviously, a lot of the research we've talked about is more targeted to like a college age. Um, And I didn't know this before signing up for the class, but I guess this class that I'm taking, it's kind of ironic. It has always been online. So like the, the psychological effects of the Internet class has always been online. And a lot of what the research that we've learned about is that at least in the college age, the ability to learn isn't worse on the internet, which I know all these studies say that, but I don't know how much I agree. Um, and what you're saying, or like at least maybe what I'm interpreting from what you're saying, is that the issues that arise are a lot, the barrier is the internet, but the way that you've been able to overcome it is through the communication from the teachers. So it's not necessarily like the internet is the reason that they're overcoming these issues if that makes sense to you if my question makes sense like the, it has been a barrier and like you can the composition is struggling because it, it's really hard to teach kids to write over the internet and 
like the way you've been able to overcome it isn't because the internet has allowed you to it's because your teachers are awesome and have been phenomenal in this situation yeah you can't you can't like you know it's sort of like we kept saying this is these are the cards that we've been dealt right right? so we can we can you can you know you know it's interesting too abby and you're right and when we were recognizing what was occurring right so when we when we were identifying you know how kids were managing their way through this learning model right Mm -hmm. it's like constant dialogue in the meetings with the teachers was not about curriculum and about pacing it was it was more about kind of like what you're saying like how how are you going to manage this mm-hmm. what's most important right now like reshift your focus and if you think that you are going to manage this year as you typically do then we're going to fail right you know we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and we have to be okay with it not um not being in our control because because it's not right the kids are at home and we're not with them and so it was an intensive focus on their social emotional development creating a community of learners you know doing all of this stuff that took so much time but was the most important thing to us you know we i didn't want anybody to have to worry about the rest of it until we got our feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, Abby, it's interesting that you say, when I started doing tons of research, right, when this thing first happened. Right, I remember my I dad said, telling me about this. Oh, I was like, oh my God, you know, and so, and Rusty was like, you should be looking up curriculum for homeschoolers. Like what, and I'm thinking, that's a great, great idea. idea, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but then, because the only thing that you could find Every single thing about remote learning was about college, like the colleges and the universities, mm-hmm. everything or like you, you would try to look for, you know, curriculum, pacing, programming, use of the internet, anything. And of oh. course it was, it was non-existent because we've never been in it before, Right. but universities had. Oh yeah. Right. Cause they both, cause they, like you said, they've always taught remote and homeschooling mm-hmm. had huge components of remote learning and so it's like but that although again the the population is different right right i was gonna say it's a totally different it's well because homeschoolers those families were opting for those kids to be home right families would pay homeschool associations it's like the other end of the spectrum a hundred percent. And but that was that was a model that they chose. Like we didn't choose this model. Mm-hmm. We didn't want this to happen. We didn't want remote. Right. But um, but when you started doing all this research about well what what's most successful in universities, you know? Mm-hmm. And what's most successful in these things. And if you didn't sort of start adopting some of those thoughts you, you You're gonna you, fail. You fail. Yeah. I mean I'm even thinking about like this class that I'm in right now or I guess all my classes are online, but this one in particular, which has, I think my professor has really, really made an effort to sort of also look at that research and say, okay, like these kids are going to succeed if we have every day you have to respond to your classmates and make a discussion post. And that's how you get, a, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of interaction. Do you feel that there are any, like, I think one that that could be definitely ad- adopted to a, kindergartner through a fifth grader even beyond obviously it would look different it's not like quote this research whatever but 
do you feel there's any aspect that has like been a positive like um, of the online like I don't, I don't even know yeah, if that's like a joke like yeah I do I don't I don't um I mean there's you know what Abby it's like one and but it really has nothing to do it has with the model right right it's not the internet it's you've learned the internet right yeah it's what happened right it's not just the internet but you know I think that one of the things that came out of this that I think we're all like just so pleasantly thrilled about is that the teachers will tell you that their relationships with the families Hmm. including the kids themselves but they they got to know these kids in a way that they would have never known them. Right. Um, had this not happened, right? You were you were in their homes, and the parents and guardians could they could hear these teachers teaching, right? They right. they these the families learned that teaching is not just about you know kids coming to school and a teacher standing there, mm-hmm. you know, just or, you know, and I I and families came to know the teachers as you know someone who genuinely loves their kids, yeah you know and and is there for them and is going to guide them through this and get them through it yeah and they're in their corner they're in their corner and and I think families would always know that but I think you know can you imagine like being at home and you've got a you know first grader you know and you know that oh, what's going on and up oh, there's this is so and so yeah good morning everybody and you know, like, it, I think the, definitively the relationships that have been built have, that have, you know, as a result of this is 100% pop more than what we had thought, I think, that we would get out of it. And so that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's massive. And I'll tell you the other thing, too, is that I, and I, the teachers will say, too, their relationships with one another, um, including with me and, with these, and, and my relationship with these it, it shifted gear, kind of like what you were saying about your friends and you know your you just came to know people in ways I think that you never ever would have yeah. you know had this all not occurred totally. um, so there, there I mean then there's other you know there's other good stuff right. too you know just the use of like you said whether it's the internet or technology as a whole and what you know what this can add like there'll never be a snow day again I was gonna, that was going to be one of my questions actually <laughs> like, that'll never happen Right, the kids, and you know other stuff too, Abby, which is real funny. Like, um, you know, homework is going to look different. Summer, summer school, different could could look very different, right? I yeah. Mean, you know, you know, um, families struggling to get transportation for their kids to come, you know, across the city to a school that you know doesn't all happen these anymore. Things can look different now, right? If if we if we choose to kind of use some of this you know, once everything calms down or, or even like, you know, one of the highest points to me too, is that families meeting with families, parents and guardians for like IEP meetings and stuff, like 100% attendance because families don't, they, they could just pick up, you know, just right. jump on the meeting. You know, they don't, they don't have to get, try to get to the school. Take off work. That, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things I think, you know, are, are really super positive. I think when you, when we're able to utilize them, obviously, you know, for those positive parts and get rid of the rest of mm-hmm. this, I think we're going to, we're going to be better off, you know, for it. Yeah. That was going to, okay. you're hitting on all my questions. I was going to ask, 
Well, I was going to ask one, is there ever going to be such thing as a snow day anymore? Which makes me a little nostalgic because totally. obviously they are awesome. But then my, my last question, and then I promised I was going to let you go, is that what part of this do you think would stay? So you're saying like, I think in, in certain ways, like this is, I guess, maybe pushed you guys ahead for, for instance, like you had all these like barriers. People didn't want to go online. People didn't want these these meetings to go online because who would ever want to meet online and not face to face? Why would you ever want that? But now that you're in this situation, you're like, oh, wait, we are saving all this time. We're saving all this money. These kids can get to school. So stuff like that, you're able to, you're forced to transition ahead. But then you have these other scenarios where like, you need the kids in the classroom to teach them to write, to do math, to do that. So you're sort of like the, the best way to go forward is to sort of utilize the positives of both. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and I know that we can, right? Right. It's like you have to be thoughtful in all you do. And, you know, the thing is, the final part of the whole thing is that, and I, you know, like, the, in elementary school, obviously, you know, just from elementary, but, you know, learning is a social process. Totally. Right? Yeah. Know, I mean, that's all there is to it. And so, you know, especially to me, you know, with, with these, you know, these kids, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we've missed them so much. Yeah. You know, f- physically having them, you know, next to us. And, you know, it, it's like, it's been so incredibly terrible for, for the staff. And I'll tell you, it's so funny. There's this one family that I love. It's like, you know, it's, it's like five kids in this family. And I, Abby, I, you know, you know, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I brought desks to those families, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you, know, they, you do every, like, yeah. You're a miracle worker. <laughs> well, it's like, we were like, I mean, you, like, I'm just in love with this family. I love the, you know, the parents. Yeah. They're so awesome. Like, and I'm just, these kids, you know, there's, tr- there's two boys. Tr- yeah, like, I, since I've been at Goddard, like, I am just, like, I'm so into this, you know, they're yeah. really, really fun. They're really naughty at times, but they're <laughs> really fun. So, don't you know, like, you know, she, that mom, she wasn't going to come hybrid because she just had, you know, a baby and, you know, high risk. And right. So I get it. I get it, whatever. And then she called and she said, you know, I changed my mind. And we were like, I, I, you, you should have heard, like, the whole Cheers. School. Yeah. Like when we found out that this family was coming, and that day when those kids came, and you know we went out, you know arrival time, and I went out the front, you know because everything's changed and all the procedures. Yeah. Everyone's got a scrap. Man, I walked out that front door, Abby, and those five came charging towards me, and yeah. almost like literally, it's like a movie. Like they almost knocked me down. Uh, and it's like all social distancing was out the way. Right. And it was like, you know, I, I'll never forget that day. I Forever. was so grateful to have the opportunity, you know, to to be there with them at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, and to get rid of this garbage, you know, of, of what we've all been dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and I think that to me, like the everything, I'm like, they need to physically be in the school. Yeah. You know, they've got to learn. Their learning needs to occur, you know, with us. Right. You know, out of the home, off the computer, and, you know, sitting with, the, with you know, next to... Their friends. You know, people who can yeah. teach them, you know. And, and, the, and, you know, that to me, you know, is is, is such an indicator. Yeah. Of, of what, you know, 
the benefits of in person, in person. You know, learning, yeah. whatever the heck we call it, you know. <laughs> Synchronous, uh, whatever yeah, that is, you know. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah, you call it, yeah, we, yeah, that's it. Maybe that's a positive that's come up too, you know, our, our vocabularies. Yeah, I was like, I've never even heard of the word asynchronous Synchronous before. Concurrent, hybrid. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's, um, but yeah, we're, we're ready to end, we're ready mm-hmm. to end it, you yeah. know, and get these guys back, so. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for talking to me and helping me out. I'd like to give a special thanks to my cousin Carrie for dedicating some time on her busy afternoon to answer some questions of mine. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.